bit of a decompression Tuesday on the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr, turning the page from Illinois, or at least that's what we're going to do today on the show. Whether or not emotionally Penn State fans have done that, I, I can't say for you or not. But Dave Eckert and I joining me on the Daily Edition, we're going to talk about Illinois, or we're going to, excuse me, see, I haven't even done it. We're going to talk <laughs> about Ohio State. We're going to, we're going to get into some uh, looking ahead at that game and uh, some news and notes around the Penn State football program today. So really kind of a news update. And then at the end of the show, we're going to get to some non-football sports because believe it or not, uh, those things exist. And Dave is our insider for hockey and our recruiting insider for basketball. So he's going to give us an update on what is going on with some winter sports. But the first thing, Dave, first off, hi, how you doing? I'm doing phenomenal, T. Frank. I'm doing great. I'm excited that I never have to think about Penn State, Illinois again. Um, <laughs> we're all better for it. It's going to be great. Yeah, that's it's not a bury the tape sort of temple thing, but it is very much a we need to move on from what was objectively a a really bad game to watch even. Yeah. Uh, so Ohio State, it may be equally bad for Penn State fans. Maybe. Uh, we'll get to that in just a little bit. But some news today that came out last night on James Franklin. Give us the latest on what's going on with the Penn State head coach. So, yeah, according to a report from the football scoop, uh, James Franklin has signed with a new agent, uh, Jimmy Sexton, who represents a bunch of big names in college football like uh, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart. Um, and he is no longer being represented by Trace Armstrong, who was his former agent. So, yeah, um, a little bit of James Franklin news. What do you take away from that? What should Penn State fans take away from that news? It doesn't make you feel great, does it? Um, no. You know, but, but <laughs> at the same time, I guess I'm just kind of still in the place where I was before where – I just think this was always going to be an, an, an off season where everybody's on the edge of their seats, and I, I, I don't, I don't think that this news pushes me into a new category there. Um, but it's interesting. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see if he'll be asked about it and, and what he'll say. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I mean, again, if you're a Penn State fan, you certainly don't love to see that. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't think it's a good thing, but I also. Again, I'm not saying because he hired a new agent, he's going to be coaching somewhere else next season, and that's that. I don't. Yeah, don't, it's not a slam dunk, right? There's right. there's still some, and and I I believe our our coworker Greg Pickle put it the best when he I saw him today talking to somebody saying, uh, context is needed on this, and and for full context, we are recording before James Franklin's press conference. So if you're listening to this, or you know if you're you're watching this afterwards and that context has been provided then you probably have a little bit more information but as we sit here now uh he pointed out that this might have been reported now and maybe it happened on the bye week or maybe this is something that has already happened a long time ago it's old news technically but we're hearing about it for the first time so that sort of information is important because uh, James Franklin didn't know that USC was going to be an open job or LSU was going to be an open job in the offseason. And if that's the timeline of all these things, then yeah, it changes things. But I would say Jimmy Sexton is the kind of agent you get when you're making tectonic shifts, like career-level yeah. shifts in your, in your uh, profession. So you're right, doesn't feel great. And the way I read that is that that was the first real 
smoke I've seen outside of the rumors, right? Because the rumors have been around forever with James Franklin, but this is the real tangible, hard evidence if you were looking for it, and again, the timing's important, of James Franklin actually making a move and being interested in those jobs. Is that a fair way to put that? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I would agree with you there. Um, but I also think that if you're James Franklin and you're trying to put yourself in a stronger negotiating position to get some of the things that you want, then hiring an agent with that kind of reputation can be the type of thing that jars certain decision makers into giving you the things that you want, you know? So I, I think that's there's a double-edged sword there. And look, he might have just been done with Trace Armstrong. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's it's. I'm very curious to see if he's asked about it and what he says. Um, because again, doesn't make you feel good. But there are a billion possible reasons that this could be happening that um, you know we can speculate on. But yeah, it's uh, it's not great from a Penn State perspective. <laughs> well, this is a daily show, so that's what we do on daily shows: is we speculate, we hypothesize, mm -hmm. we try to find all the interesting angles because. That certainly is an interesting tidbit, especially the timing of that news is not coincidence, though. I, I, can, I, can, I can say for sure that the timing of that news was intentional by somebody, that it came on the Monday after that particular game heading into this particular week. Do you think, and this is something that we've talked about and Nate Bauer has been talking about here, our uh, senior editor at Blue White Illustrated, you mentioned leveraging the powers that be. Is this another hypothetical here? Is this a good strategy for James Franklin if that is the case? And do you think that that has some sort of merit to how it would work in his favor if that is the plan and it's not to look at other positions? Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think that if, if you're James Franklin, right, your, your best negotiating tool is your own existence. And, you know, yep. you know that Penn State wants you at Penn State for the foreseeable future because they believe in what you're doing. You've brought success um, that wasn't expected, um, especially how with how early he brought it. Um, so yeah, it, Penn, Penn State wants James Franklin. James Franklin knows that. So it, his best, his most powerful state is to put Penn State in a position where Penn State doesn't know if it will continue to employ James Franklin. Um, that's my interpretation of it. Um, whether, again, uh, this move is something that is designed to continue to make Penn State potentially feel that way, or it's a move that says, you know, he's going to start looking elsewhere. I don't know. I don't think, I think that's kind of the purpose, right? You're not supposed to know. Yeah. Um, so, it, like I said, I, again, it's the type of thing that you see if you're a Penn State fan and it doesn't make you feel good, but I'm also... It, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to read too much into it because there's a billion reasons that it could happen. I, you yeah. know, that's yeah. It's, could just come place, down but. to a personal difference of you know, yeah. for everything we'd ever heard about uh, Trace Armstrong and James Franklin, is they had a great relationship. They'd worked together for a long time, but you know, every relationship runs its course. Um, so other than, you know, me and my wife who was celebrating her uh, birthday today, so happy birthday, babe. That one's forever. But everyone else, wow, you have times that come and go. Uh, and, and that might be the case here. Yeah, I did work in my wife's birthday into talking about James Franklin's agent. That's <laughs> that's how you know it's true love. Extra brownie points, T. Frank. <laughs> She's not going to watch this. It's fine. Um, I'll, oh. I'll clip it. We can, we can clip it for her. <laughs> so on the back of the loss to 
Illinois. And looking ahead at the point spread for Penn State, Ohio State, and Columbus, bowl projections are out, and this is something we've been tracking all year long. And again, Blue White Illustrated has all the information from every single angle. I mean, literally every angle you want for Penn State football. So if you aren't a subscriber yet, check that out and make sure you subscribe to us here on our YouTube channel because I'll bring it up and I'll point you in the right direction of the information you need to know for Blue White Illustrated on the BWI Daily Edition. Greg Pickle has been taking a look at the bowl projections as we've gone throughout the season. The latest crop is in today. What are you looking at as far as the likelihood of where Penn State lands and how has that changed since last week? So, yeah, just looking at what some of the experts are saying, um, Stuart Mandel says, or he, he's dropped Penn State out of his New Year's Six projections. Uh, Jerry Palm has them in the Outback Bowl against Texas A&M. Um, College Football News has them in the Outback Bowl against Florida. Kyle, Kyle Bonagora of ESPN also has them in the Outback Bowl. Lots of Outback Bowls um, against Florida. Mark Schleback has them in the Outback Bowl against Arkansas. The Action Network has in them, has them in the Las Vegas Bowl against Arizona State, and Saturday uh, Tradition has the same projection. So, yeah, those uh, are a lot less sexy than what we've been looking at uh, yeah. for the last uh, few months, I'd say. Yeah, then the New Year Six kind of. I mean, I last week I had a uh, a daily edition, and, and I asked the question like, can they still push for the college football playoff, knowing it's ahead of them? And the answer quickly and decidedly was no. So that is where they sit right now. Uh, a big shift in that particular area. And with that in mind, what is the line? Uh, has the line changed from what I saw? I, I believe it was 17 and a half that it opened at. Has the line changed at all? And is that, um, is that a correct number? Because I'm not really good when it comes to the line or the spread or where you should be putting your money. I leave that to Ryan Snyder, our sharp on Fridays. Yeah, I think I think you have the opening line right. I actually haven't checked it in a uh, in a few days. Let me let me just pull it up for you real quick. But yeah, I thought I thought seventeen and a half was a was right. That's kind of where I had it in my head. Um, I, I think it was moving a little bit. Uh, I think that line was shrinking a little bit actually um, the last time that I saw it, which interesting. was interesting. Um, yeah, that surprised me a little bit. And again, the the early line movement is typically from sharp betters, you know? Um, so bookmakers react to certain bets that they get um, from betters who they identify and respect. Um, so again, uh, it seems like there has been some money on Penn State uh, that has, has caused that line to move a little bit. Um, let me just find the updated line real quick. Um, but yeah, what do you, what do you think of that line, T. Frank? You're a gambling guy. <laughs> I was I was trying to uh, look it up as well. Penn State now uh, it's 19 and a half at oh, uh, Bet Rivers, so okay. 19 and a half for Ohio State at Bet Rivers. So it's gone up since that uh, original yeah. one. Um, I still maintain that this offense can operate in the right parameters, and that obviously is the caveat here. Um, and the right parameters are Sean Clifford is healthy enough to play his game. And uh, yes, Ohio State is an explosive offense with a ton of talent on every side of the ball. But Penn State is built to play that team. So they're going to match up better than a cross-divisional 
once every three years game against Illinois. Like it, it, it's like playing in your division in the NFL. You're built to beat the teams that you're going to see most frequently. Now the flaws up front on the defensive side are to me, the legitimate concern. That's the real unfixable problem that Penn state has. So uh, that to me is more interesting, I guess, than the offense because I don't want to be, a, and I said this uh, a couple of different places, and I think even yesterday on, on our live show, I don't want to be a slave to the moment. I don't want to be a slave to what we saw on Saturday in that particular instance and caught up in how bad it was, because we've also seen how good it can be with Sean Clifford and playing efficient, smart football. That has happened this year, multiple times, where he's been the reason they won uh, top 25 games. I don't think that I don't think they can win this game, but to be competitive and make it less than uh, almost three touchdowns, I do think that is a, is a possibility. You were on the other side of that coin yesterday. So um, uh, what are you thinking about this week? And is there anything that would change your mind about that particular idea of Penn State really doesn't have a shot in this game? Yeah, if, if this line went up to... and. I don't bet on Penn State, but if I did, if this line went up to 21 and they gave you the hook, I might, I might think about it. Um, that's just, that's too much to me. But no, I, I haven't really changed, and here's why: because I, I guess I don't, I don't feel like, for, based on what we saw from Sean Clifford against Illinois, that he is going to be able to play football without caveats against Ohio State, right? I mean, he just didn't look good. He didn't look healthy. He wasn't mobile. He wasn't willing to take hits. Maybe that changes in a week, but just based on what we saw, I'm, I'm not sure it does. And then, as you mentioned, on the defensive side of the ball, I, I think I was very concerned, as you were, about Penn State's inability to stop the run with B.J. Mustafer. Um, Ohio State is a balanced offense. Uh, they run it, I think, slightly more than they pass it. Um, so that they're going to be able to take advantage of that. Um, to me... Uh, the, the path to a win for Penn State here is generating mistakes from the Ohio State offense. You, you need turnovers, right? And Penn State has created turnovers. Um, but Ohio State is averaging less than a turnover per game. Right. So right. that, to me, is the rub, right? If Penn State can find a way to force some mistakes, and, and look, that's a young quarterback for Ohio yep. State. C.J. Stroud is not experienced. Um, so if, if you're going to win this game, he has to make mistakes and you have to pounce on them. Yeah. Um, could it happen? Maybe. Uh, do I think it's particularly likely, uh, considering all of the matchup disadvantages that I think Penn State has in this game? No. Um, I'm still, again, I, I don't think this is uh, with, within two scores, if you're asking me right now, personally. So this game is going to be on the 30th. That will be 21 days since Sean Clifford was initially injured against Iowa. I guess that's part of my mathematics of this is yeah. it'll be three weeks since that injury. And if he didn't re-aggravate it or get something new in the last game, then, you know, I didn't see anything from a physical standpoint that said he was re-injured or was doing anything differently other than whatever it is was still bothering him. So I've always been looking at this game as the earliest possibility that he would play. And if the timeline has been accelerated and it hasn't been changed with the result of the uh, what happened last weekend, then I do think he can be closer to being healthy and he can feel a little bit better. And hopefully that takes for him 
hopefully that takes some of the the mental stress off of playing where he clearly right. was not able to process things while playing injured. So I guess that's that's really the the thing I was looking at is okay, it has been 3 weeks since he was injured. Does that change anything? And that's that's an open question to me. But you're right about CJ Stroud. I was I was digging into some of the film today and uh he doesn't make particularly great throws or decisions. I'd say what he's doing is similar to what Sean Clifford has done so far this season. Plus or minus, I think he's got some more big plays in him than Sean Clifford so far, and he has been able to, uh, you know, put the ball up for those amazing receivers to go get. But that's the thing: is the receivers are generating a lot of this for them. And you're right; they run the ball a lot, and they're good up front. So, if you had to choose between the two, let me ask you this: I know this is a bit of a curveball for you. If you had to choose between the two, this is what I've been going back and forth on: Do you stack the box to stop the run and put your corners on islands? One of the best secondaries in the nation is how we've viewed them so far or do you let them run and let the Illinois game play out and hope that you hit some big plays on offense what are you doing as James Franklin the head coach setting up your philosophy for this game it's an interesting question um I think if you let the version of the Illinois game play out that you would see in this game that that would be ugly for Penn State Right, I, I think Ohio State would cash in on, um, yeah. cash in on some of those some of those opportunities better, and I think they would they would be more explosive as well in the run game. Um, so yeah, I, I I think you have to stack the box, T. Frank, and, and I, I know that's not what Penn State is known for defensively. Um, I know that's not what they want to do. Yeah, but look, your best unit, maybe on the entire team probably on the entire team really is, is your secondary. Yep. That's your rock. You have, you have injuries up front. You have a linebacking group that isn't great. You know, you, you can't, you, you can't rely on them to be the guys that are winning the individual matchups to be the guys who are, you know, trying to make that difference. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so my inclination would be to stack the box and, and, and hope that, uh, Jair Brown, Jaquan Brisker, Joey Porter Jr., uh, Tariq Castro-Fields, those guys make plays. And and will they get burnt if you do that once or twice? Absolutely. Yep. Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are awesome. Yeah. Yep. But but to me, I, I guess, I, I think if you do the opposite, I think you're just ceding control of the game to Ohio State in a way that you probably can't do if you, if you want to beat Ohio State. To me. Yeah. Yeah. I, and this is a game where you want to clone – Jaquan Brisker, because I I would love to have him play. If I'm setting up my defense, I want him playing free safety because the breaks he makes on the ball are can be game changing. They were almost game ending uh, twice this season uh, when it comes to the Auburn game where he dropped the inter- one of the dropped an interception to seal the game, and then again versus Illinois, he's getting to the catch point. No safety that Penn State's had over the last. I, I don't even remember. Maybe Jordan Lucas did it pretty well at one point, but not to this level um, that Brisker does. But you also want him in the box as one of your best run stuffers. So can he play in both places at once? What's what's the time-space continuum allowing on that? Can we have a Nexus event? You know, something like that? Just, uh, just ask uh, Coach Duda at Lackawanna if he's got anybody else for them this week. That's, that's the answer to that question. And, and by the way, no no disrespect to Jair Brown, who's played well at times so far this season, but, I mean, Brisker's just different. Like, yeah. he is just different. 
and, and he's going to be a key matchup. How they use him, I think you're right, is going to determine what their philosophy is, whether he's deep guarding uh, that area or if he's in the box trying to control the run game. Um, what are you thinking about this week? What are your kind of machinations in your brain? What's stewing around in Dave Eckert's head as we head into the second half of this week versus Ohio State? I think we've addressed a, a lot of the major points. Uh, Penn State has a de- de- decision uh, to make on defense. Um, Sean Clifford's health is a big thing. I mean, I, again, I, I'm almost tired of talking about it to this point, but Penn State's going to have to run the ball. They just are. And right. I, I don't know if they can. You know, like, they probably can't, really. But I do think to, to win this game, they probably have to. So it's... yeah. You know, it's it, <laughs> they, they've got to get the ball to to um, Jahan Dotson. They yep. need more out of their secondary playmakers on offense. Again, I was I was pretty disappointed um, with what they got from uh, Parker Washington, Keandre Lambert Smith and the tight ends there uh, against Illinois. They didn't really do much. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 to me, it's about on offense. It's about getting the ball to your best players in space. And yeah. that's harder to do when you don't have a defense respecting your run game. So it's yep, it's it, you got to run the ball. You have yeah. to run the ball. I don't know if they can, but that's that's one of the big things. So they always uh, one of the analytical adages, and I know that your you you follow PFF and and the data as much as I do. Uh, one of the the comments is you don't need to run the ball to set up the pass. You need the threat of the run to set mm-hmm. up the pass. Penn State doesn't even have that right now. Like, <laughs> no one is respecting the run game, so they, especially without Clifford, now they can dedicate resources right. elsewhere. So it's kind of like when Penn State played Michael Penix. I did have an interesting conversation today on Twitter, and I want to I wanna get to one of these uh, comments that somebody asked me. Uh, it's, uh, we fight to last sec. Daniel asked, um, do you see any improvement with Jew Scruggs at center? And I think that is more to do with that. So, so for those of you that may have not noticed it, Juice Scruggs moved to center. Mike Miranda moved to right guard during the fourth quarter in overtime of, of the Illinois game. I think it has more to do with Mike Miranda than it does Juice Scruggs. I think Juice Scruggs is going to be what he is at either position. And as long as he can snap the ball and they can set the protections and there's no miscommunications there, I think he's fine. It was the movement I was seeing from Miranda that I think is the big thing. His momentum into defensive linemen did change some of the available space in between. So I'm going to be looking at that because Ohio State is a fast defense. Even up front, they're built a lot like Penn State. Quickness, explosiveness, can he hit those moving targets? Because if he can, I do think that they're, again, being an optimist here, but just kind of looking at what I think are the facts, I think that there's some opportunity there to crease and make some plays as long as there's not negative yards in the backfield and all that stuff. So I want to wrap up football because I want to talk to you about some of the other sports going on right now. Uh, You were in attendance for Micah Shrewsbury's uh, press conference yesterday. It was his first one of the regular season, correct? Yeah, it was his media day press conference. His media day press conference. Okay, Um, so what did we learn? uh, Not not good news. Uh, (laughs) Oh, here we go. I know. know. The main... main, uh, the main talking point, I guess, was uh, transfer Giovanni Scott, who transferred from a junior college. Um, he's probably going to get some minutes. He's having some. Uh, he's jumping through some red tape with the NCA on his uh, his transfer process, so he's not able to practice right now. He still is. Um, he still is 
taking classes at Penn State, so it's not a situation where he's just not around. But um, it doesn't seem like he's going to be ready for. And if he is, he probably won't have practiced. You know, he might not yeah. be caught up. So it's not the only player, though, right? There's been some other news on the injury front. Yeah, Miles Dread. Um, oh, who... good. You know, <laughs> one of the only well, returning players. News. Yeah, this is good news. He was injured. Oh, okay. uh, he, he wasn't practicing as of the last time we talked to Micah, which I think was three weeks ago. Um, but he's doing most things now. He's back. He's looking a little better. Okay. Um, so that's good news because Penn State needs him. Um, How did he uh, look specifically, like physically? Could, and, and, looked, uh, yeah, it, it, this is a line to walk because I, I think some fans were concerned uh, he might have been a little heavier than they were expecting when they saw him last Um he, he looked slightly slimmed down. He didn't look much different, but he looked mm-hmm. good in, in, in the practice that we were able to see. He was making some shots. Um, and again, when you don't practice, right, you know, you, you're not, you're, it's not as easy to keep up physically. So yeah. hopefully by the beginning of the season, he's able to get to, to a point where, you know, he's, he's in peak physical condition. And I only ask because I always look at his body type and I'm like, man, he'd be a good football player. Cause he, <laughs> he, he's, he's all, when he's in shape, he's a rock of muscle. Like he is mm-hmm. a, he puts on weight really well. And, and that is one problem with basketball is that if he's injured and he can't, you know, practice and all those things, I think his body naturally leans that way based on what I've seen of him over the years. So that's going to be something that I was just curious about if that's because I know that's been a thing with him up and down throughout his time at Penn State basketball. So having him in shape is obviously a big thing. Any other news coming out of the press conference worth talking about? I know you have an article, by the way. So if you want to read it, bwi.rivals.com, recapping uh, the press conference. Anything else you want to touch on here? Yeah, I guess uh, the the other thing that uh, you can read about in that article a little bit is uh, Micah expects the defense to be well ahead of his offense, um, which might lead to some ugly basketball at the beginning. But I think with the uh, the opponents on the schedule, Penn State might be able to get away with that. Um, but yeah, he, he his first priority when he when he started working with with Penn State is get the defense situated. Mm-hmm. Um, because remember, he's he's he came from Purdue. He's been in the Big Ten. He knows what it takes to win in the Big Ten. So his defense is is a priority. And interestingly, um, if you watch Penn State at all last year under Jim Ferry, uh, you'll know that they just sold out for turnovers. Like they were like, yeah. we're we are desperately trying to turn you over um, because again, that that was their best way to create offense, really. Um, and, and they're not going to do that this year. Um, they're going to pack it in a little bit. Um, I guess Shrewsbury actually explained it pretty well. Um, the, the analytics to him kind of indicate that he would rather force the opposition to shoot a lower field goal percentage than generate turnovers and, mm-hmm. and, and create offense that way. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so that's that's one of the other notes. Um, outside of that, I mean, we, we got to talk to all the players, which was nice. Uh, mm-hmm. So lots of new faces. Um, we got to talk to Jalen Pickett. Uh, transfer point guard from Siena, who's a former all-Mac point guard. I think he's going to be one of the best players on Penn State's roster this year. Um, he was really insightful. Um, he's looking forward. I, I asked him about you know what he's what his role is, and he's just going to be the ball screen maestro, right? Mm-hmm. He's gonna, he's going to be reading screens. Um, and, and actually, it was interesting that that's one of the reasons why he came here is because Shrewsbury does a lot of work with with ball screens. He's um, so expect to see that from Jalen Pickett, but nugget wise, that's about it. I, I'm, I'm trying to do, 
I think I'm expecting to have a feature story sometime soon on on this massive group of older guys who who have come in um, from other schools just kind of for this one or two years because I think that's interesting. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, you're, you're starting something new with your last year of eligibility. That's I don't think that's a decision that everybody makes. Um, so I got to talk to them about that a little bit. So uh, maybe tease that feature a little bit. I'm excited about that. Well done. I'll be looking forward to reading that later at Blue White Illustrated. Uh, and by the way, if you don't, you should definitely follow Dave on Twitter at David Eckert 98. Uh, right. you go, please. Yeah, um. <laughs> he, because he uh, he's our hockey reporter and he's at all the games and he's giving you live scoring updates and what's going on. So uh, quick update on hockey. I know that uh, they're always a fun team to watch. What is their status so far early in the regular season for Penn State hockey? Yeah, they've been they've been interesting. Um, they're kind of in flux, I would say. Um, Another team. I know. Yeah, uh, they're, they're five and one, though. So, you know, they're off to a pretty good start. They haven't really played anybody um, <laughs> to be polite. Uh, but this week they're playing uh, North Dakota. Uh, one of the, if, if you don't follow college hockey, I mean, just one of the true blue blood programs, you know, might be the closest thing college hockey has to like Alabama um, in, in Nashville at a neutral site game. So that'll be interesting. We'll, we'll learn a lot about them this week. Um, but yeah, they're fun. I mean, they're, they, they always play a really interesting style. Um, if you don't follow Penn State hockey, um, they don't, they don't defend very much. Um, <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> They, they score goals and they, they try to outscore you. And, and yeah. that's kind of what this team is. Um, they've got a, a Carolina Hurricanes draft pick, Kevin Wall, who scored five goals this weekend in two games. That's uh, pretty good. Yeah, that'll play. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, so they've got some interesting players there. I'm kind of trying to figure out what they are myself a little bit because, it, it, again, they haven't played anybody yet. Um, I think this Saturday will be uh, – an interesting data point, but uh, it just so happens to be lined up with uh, that football game that's happening in Columbus. You may have may have heard about it. Oh um, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how much of it I'll get to see, um, but I'll, I'll certainly be watching the rerun. Yeah, the, w- that'll be some post mortem on that one as we uh, as we decompress from everything else. We'll definitely get to it at some point, but uh, you know where the bread is buttered and all that stuff. Dave <laughs> Eckert, our reporter, our insider for hockey, our basketball uh, guy, our do it all utility piece. You are the uh, you are the infielder that plays first base, second base, shortstop, and can pitch uh, can pitch into some uh, relief situations. So thanks for coming on and talking about everything with me. Appreciate it. You got it. I love the uh, the Swiss Army knife comparison. I appreciate it. Thanks I think, for having me. Thanks. I was thinking of Josh Harrison. You know, you remember That's the, the pirate? Yeah, yeah Josh course. Harrison. That's who I was thinking of. of. You can David probably. Eckstein. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my my knowledge about baseball is super shallow. Like you got okay. it right there with my one <laughs> reference. So don't keep pushing it with other names I don't know. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'll cash out on my luck. All uh, right. Uh that'll do it today for the BWI Daily Edition. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, to YouTube. We'll be giving you the information you need to know about Penn State and Ohio State throughout the week. We'll be having uh conversations post practice as well about what's happening with Penn State football. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We'll talk to you then.